One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 29, nearly enough, nearly enough flirty thirties of Dragoncast. I'm Jamie East and this is... Chris Mandel, the fourth sand snake. <laughs> yeah, poor must you have to be to be the fourth sand snake. Oh dear. The it fourth is and sexiest sand snake, I would say. <laughs> you have the magic pussy. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, welcome. I've made you a little here. I've made you a little wooden stag. Um, Thank to, you. Any reason in particular? <laughs> no reason. No reason. No reason. I'm off for I'm off for a week, but definitely see you when I get back. Definitely yeah. see you when I get back. Um, yep, it is that time. It's episode. It's season five, episode nine of uh, our Game of Thrones rewatch. And it is uh, Dance of the Dragons, which is interesting for many reasons. It's a you know Dance of the Dragons, as we know is uh the name of the book from which house of the dragon is uh is taken so yeah I th- there weren't many spoilers for it though Ki- kind of no, were there no. really no, i was a bit was... disappointed i thought oh we're gonna get some juicy details i think it's a really i think it's good actually to just start with the title because it's a it's a really not obvious episode to name after the Dance of the Dragons, the event, which forms the basis of House of the Dragon. It's, yeah. you know, I remember watching it uh, the first time way back when and thinking, how can you call it the Dance of the Dragons when there's only one dragon and he doesn't really dance so much as stumble around like a pisshead? Um, and I do think the the reference is kind of to like the family turning on family, like no one wins kind of thing. But it's quite abstract considering... Often they do take the titles a bit more literally, like the yeah. war to come or hard home. And then this, you have to really get into the weeds to understand why it's called the Dance of Dragons. Yeah. The Dance of the Dragons. Um, yes. It was, what did you uh, think of the episode? Tell me what your thoughts were. Sorry, uh, we got completely uh, sidetracked when we were recording the episode. And I forgot to say, before we start talking about Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 9... Here is a quick recap from our sister podcast previously on. So I'm saying it right now. Here's the recap from our sister podcast previously. 
on Sinister. We begin in the north, where Ramsay and 20 of his men have raided Stannis's camp. With his food burned, weapons destroyed and hundreds of horses dead, Stannis's army cannot survive. Stannis orders Davos to return to Castle Black and request supplies. Davos asks to take Shireen with him for her safety, but Stannis refuses. Elsewhere in the north, Jon and the Wildlings arrive at Castle Black to a frosty reception from the Night's Watch. In dawn, Jamie explains to Prince Duran that he has come to rescue Marcella after they received a threat to her life. Duran says he'll allow Marcella to return with Jamie if Tristane Martell receives Oberyn's old seat on the small council in King's Landing. Jamie agrees. At the harbour in Bravos, Arya, still in training at the House of Black and White, has an opportunity to kill her next target, the Thin Man. However, she's distracted when she spots Sir Merrin Trant, who is escorting Mace Tyrell as he negotiates with the Iron Bank. If you remember, Merrin Trant is the man who killed Sirio Farrell, Arya's water dancing instructor back in season one. And Arya despises him. He's one of the names on Arya's kill list. So instead of killing the thin man as ordered, Arya follows Trant to a brothel where it's revealed he's a paedophile. When she returns to the House of Black and White, Arya lies to Jacken and says the thin man didn't approach her that day. Back in dawn, Duran forces Ilaria to swear her loyalty to him. Ilaria later apologises to Jamie and says it's not Marcella's fault that Oberyn died. With Davos gone, Stannis makes an unimaginable choice and allows Melisandre to sacrifice his daughter Shireen to the Lord of Light. Selyse has second thoughts and unsuccessfully tries to rescue her daughter from the pyre, but Stannis insists this is the only way there is power in King's blood. Shireen begs for her life and in one of the worst scenes in the whole of Game of Thrones, she's burned to death. In Marine, Daenerys attends the newly reopened fighting pit. It's revealed that Jorah's returned and is fighting, intending to prove his loyalty to Daenerys. He defeats the other fighters and throws a spear into the crowd, killing an assassin sent to murder Daenerys. Sons of the Harpy begin killing members of the crowd and seal the exits, trapping Daenerys and her allies. Surrounded at the centre of the pit, Daenerys resigns herself to death. But then, at the last minute, hears the sound of a roaring dragon. Drogon returns and attacks the sons, who retaliate by throwing spears, and Daenerys finally climbs on top of a blooming dragon, ordering him to fly her out of danger. Her allies watch in awe as Daenerys becomes the first dragon rider in a century. Yes, Queen! I loved it. It was it was it was Game of Thrones at its bleakest, though, wasn't it? It really, Fair. yeah. It really felt pretty tough for everyone, you know. And it's it feels like it's the end of. You know, we talk about we've talked about chapters in Game of Thrones, almost mm. like eras of Thrones, and this feels very much like the end of. Maybe some may say it's it's Halcyon kind of period. It's Imperial phase of Game of Thrones, where by what I mean is it's just like you know Stannis sums it up for me in this in this episode because he just looks rough. He just mm. looks just looks fucked. His hair's grown out. His beard's all over the shop. He looks knackered. He just looks like he's really. It looks like he's given up, um, or rather, as we as we find out, is you know he's got one, maybe two rolls of the dice left. And mm-hmm. he's just a very confused man, isn't he? Yeah, and I, you know, 
even with the knowledge I have of the show, you when we're jumping in on these rewatches, I was sort of took me a minute to be like, what's he doing again? He's going to Winterfell. He's not yeah. at the wall. He's on the way to Winterfell. And he's doing it because he wants to win the North. And he wants to win the North so that he can rally support so he can invade the South. And he's been doing this for like three years. It's quite a, yeah. a shock when you think, God, it's really not going that well, is it? Or it's going very slowly no. at least. But it's a really good decline, I think. I think we've all we've all been in that situation whereby you start off um, with all the best intentions, with all full of energy, vim and vigor, trying to do a task. And 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 it really articulates it well over the years. It's like starts off is like, yeah, brilliant. Right. All I gotta do is uh, get her there and do that. And it's like, mm. great, off we go, off we go, guys. Come on, come on, come on. And it's like I don't, okay, oh, okay, that didn't work out quite as well, but never mind. Uh, we 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 we'll just head over there and mm. and and go and do that. For, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Uh, ah, slight, slight, slight problem, lads. Uh, change of plan. We're going to nip off to there instead and speak to them and see if they can. Oh, okay. Well, well okay. That's third time lucky, eh, though, <laughs> uh, boss. You know. Uh bad news, guys. Uh, I've found this. I've got this witch. And uh, so she's t- she's saying it's, it, it's it, you know, and it's just it, the slow yeah, scrabbling yeah. around. Plan A turns to Plan B to C to D to E, and we now find him kind of like Ramsey was able to infiltrate his what? Just oh, twenty men, wasn't he? Said twenty good men. I mean, twenty good men kind of snuck into the camp, set fire to it very cleverly, you know, very quickly, um, <laughs> which he was just like absolutely befuddled by, but. <laughs> They were in a bad. They were literally kicking the camp while it was down because they look like they're full of, full of pox, full of yeah. illness and sickness. Everyone just looks tired and hungry and, and a bit smelly. Everyone looks a bit cold rough, and a bit they? smelly. It just looks awful, you know. It just looks like a miserable, miserable camp. So him, you can, you can kind of see his logic if you were, you know, if you're in a place where you believed in magic, um, and and you had a witch who gave birth to a smoke baby which mm. is the smoke baby at this point is only offer of proof that, that the magic exists i think it is isn't it it's yeah seen. yeah yeah the coincidence of like you know um of uh Renly yeah. dying and the leeches yeah all of that kind of stuff is he's said a bit of a smoke baby could have been on mushrooms he doesn't mm. really know but he is being told that that he's looking around at his camp they're not going to see a couple of weeks out, it doesn't look like. He's lost no. a load of men from this fire from Ramsey Bolton. The vultures are circling. What else does he do? He's, yeah. You know, he's still kind of belligerently, I'm the one true king. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough one for him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to think I would throw myself on my sword rather than my daughter. Just, just yeah. saying. I think, I think you know. it's interesting, though, the smoke baby is a good point of reference because he didn't see that happen either, though. So it's not as oh, if Oh, did he, he not? Re- I no, thought he was she, there. Who was there? Was it goes, Davos, wasn't Davos. it? Davos. She goes under the caves oh, uh, and, right. and she's in the cave. They row her in. He just got her pregnant and then, you know, the next day she's like, yeah, the baby's gone and your brother's dead. Better not ask too much about it. But, like, she also said, like, I don't have the Shit, energy to yeah. keep... I can't keep churning these out for you. That's why they yeah. do the leech thing. But, yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, he just is so fixated on his belief that he should be king. 
everything around him is an accessory to that goal. And even his daughter, yeah. which the whole point of succeeding, of succeeding, getting on the throne is having children to pass on the bloodline. It dies with him whether he gets on the throne or not after this. And yeah. it's really like futile. It is the, the sort of definition of cutting your nose to spite your face. But mm. I think one of the things that really put my nose out is like, they are in the middle of the frozen wastelands between Winterfell and the, and the Wall. As so, Ramsay's team have able to just just popped over in the middle of the night, and they've just burnt all of the food and killed some horses or something silently, yeah. and then gone all the way back overnight. And then Davos says, "Oh well, you know they know the North better than us." Mate, they just fucking moved into that castle a few episodes ago. They're not yeah. from here. They don't know yeah. where they are. It's as if there's like, oh, well, you know, real northerners know that if you just take the left road and then bear right. It's like, and obviously the show has to set up the this, this situation is so, so dire. But I just, yeah. Ramsey's not like particularly clever. He's not particularly like, he's not studied maps or anything. He's just, no, just but like also chopping a dicks camp's off. a camp. Camp's a camp, isn't it? You'd, you'd guard the camp regardless. Well, you would, the, yeah, you know, yeah. You'd have soldiers. You'd have Glastonbury. You know, Glastonbury doesn't have all the gates at the front, and then just some rando at the back smoking roll-ups. It used yeah. to, <laughs> until Ramsay Bolton kind of infiltrated the camp, disguised as a load of people with Happy Mondays guest passes and shell suits. Yeah, <laughs> I just, it's you know, I like this episode a lot, but I think. I feel like the show is just incapable of holding all the things together. And so it has to do things like this to get us to where we need to be. And at the time you sort of go, well, it's all going to pay off. It's, but I did watch some of the things in this episode and think, fucking hell, I could have heard about this secondhand. I don't need to see the horse running along on fire to sort of get it. It's like, it's just kind of weird. I think some of these logical jumps and I think they're okay. only going to get worse, you know, as, as it's like, John's just going to pop down to King's Landing and then pop over to Dragonstone and then pop, you know, they just have to do, they just are running out of time and I think there's definitely yeah. a feeling of time. Which is weird at season five. Do you think they'd already decided at this point it was going to be um, eight seasons? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Because you're saying, because there's no reason to rush otherwise, is there? Well, they, this is when they started running out of material. Yeah, but even so, there was. But you don't start running towards a, run, a finish line unless you've actually set yeah, the finish line. That's a good question. How, how many? So the, yeah, I reckon they. I reckon they thought eight. I think they thought eight. Uh, what well, they probably hadn't I bet, factored I bet they in. Told HBO though. Well, what I reckon they were hoping was eight full seasons, and then they now you know season seven was seven, and then season eight was six. So I don't think they were probably counting on that. But I think a big reason that they cut the count down was that obviously the, the, the cast get paid per episode and they were getting like, it was ballooning. a lot by then. Some yeah. of them were on, oh my God, I'm going to get this wrong, but like there's three tiers. Some of them were on a million dollars an episode. Yeah, so there was a million dollars and that was Jon Snow, Cersei, Jamie, Tyrion, Daenerys, Arya and Sansa the, were on the top less. Eight. Yeah, yeah, but then you so you've instantly got five million an episode just for like a few people, and then you can't do ten you can't do ten episodes a season, can you? Because that's fifty million just to pay, just to pay. I'd love the, someone, some of the actors. I'd love to know 
the reality of those because we hear you hear about that all the time, don't you? Mm. You hear like cast of friends getting X Y Z for each episode. This that like you and I know it's it's never going to be. You know, Kit Harrington's like right, brilliant. Just checking my bank balance. Yeah, million quid. Thanks very much. Cheers. That's yeah. for that episode. You know, it's not going to be no. quite as simple as that. And also, it might be to Kit's. You know. There's agents and all the rest of it that goes with it. I doubt very much he had a million quid, but yeah, I'd love to know what that figure was. I mean, it's the question you never, you can't really ask it, can you? Because realistically, if you were Kit Harrington or Amelia Clark or Peter Dinklage, and you thought, right, brilliant, I'm on a million million episode now, and I've got a guaranteed fourteen episodes left to make, uh, I'd never work again. I would mm. genuinely not work again. I can understand why some act, why Johnny Depp bought an island and just went mental. Yeah, you know, it's like because that's exactly what I do. Brilliant! I've done one. I've had one series. I've and I've made twenty million quid. Yeah. What, what more do I need to do? Why do I need to go make another thing? Well, yeah. You just want bottle. Would you? you? Know what? I, yeah, I'm exactly the same. And like when I interviewed Rupert Grint uh, in January for GQ, like he got. I think he got 16 million for one of the final two films. So he probably got the same for both, I reckon. So like, yeah. let's say 32 million, right? For two of those films. Everything in the world, like everything you and I spend money on, it, if you have that much money, like a McDonald's is literally like spending like three pence. Like everything... If, if, is, it's not it's even just, that. Not even that. It doesn't even crack a you could buy You could buy a fucking sports car... The way that, you know, you and I, when we go into town, right, and we might, if we're feeling fancy, we might splurge on, like, a proper fancy pair of jeans or something, like a really nice yeah. pair of trainers. a pair of trainers. To, to people, yeah. like, who are earning this kind of money, you can do that with a house. Yeah. Like, a really big house. Or, I just, honestly, I think the scale of it blows my mind, and I think, but I think to your point, you wouldn't work again. I mean, some of these guys... <laughs> haven't done a lot of work since Game of Thrones. And I think part of that is the payoff where they're like, I might not get a well-paying job for five years. I'm forever going to be Jon Snow. Secondary to which, Kit Harington obviously did Eternals and he was like the 13th down on the cast list, right? I don't know if you've seen that Marvel film, The Eternals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, um, Gemma Chan, Barry Keoghan, Brian Terry Henry. But he's being set up as, as, as... a future thing though right yeah Maybe. maybe. yeah I mean there's so like Harry Styles did yeah but you know the, the, three years out no sign of these being developed right so it might happen no, but my point is my yeah. point is Kit Harrington is in that film for like 17 minutes yeah. I'd love to know what he got paid for that how do you calculate how much to pay Jon Snow for a bit part mm. in a Marvel film I mean it's it, maybe it's like a, it? maybe oh, a week's filming I reckon he probably did it for gratis, to be honest. Really? Presumption. Well, it'll be some. It'll be part of some development thing, won't it? Yeah. Like kind of come and do come and do six days filming for Eternals. We're launching you as the future. I can't even remember what, what his part it's was. Like, Not it's Hercules. Like, that was no. It's that like was like Black Stars, Knight or, it? or something, something like that. There's kind of got some kind of like interesting folklore and could yeah. be the next Black Panther or whatever, but. You know, it's it's, a, it's weird. I'd, I'd be a mate. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a lot. I bet. No, as you said because though, when, when Chris Evans did Captain America, he didn't get paid per film. He got paid for a nine-film contract. So he's just on the payroll like every year for like, yeah, 
and then they call him up and they go, look, we need you to come down to Atlanta where we've got the soundstage. It's all CGI. Yeah. And he's like, what film's this for? And they're like, we don't know yet, but you're going to have to fight this thing on a tennis ball and we'll put it in somewhere. Like, that's just that's how it works. Grim. It's that's so... That's going to be grim. Yeah. I'd love to know. I just, I actually, I do find, like, the where the, where the money goes in this industry, like, very interesting. Back to uh, Dance of the Dragons. Um, That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought this was a really good episode. I thought hmm. it's fascinating to me that, like, haven't seen Sansa, haven't seen Ramsay, haven't seen Cersei, uh, haven't seen Littlefinger. Like, there's, haven't seen Brienne. There's quite a lot we haven't seen because I think at this point the show is really stretched and some people just don't appear. Um, but I loved what we saw. I thought it felt really... I did think it felt like the stuff that was in this episode felt like it was all kind of part of the same, like, thematic idea. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a well-written episode. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so we had... We started off with Stannis. Um, we, keep, we kept... And it did what it does well, is kind of, like, starts, like, hinting that bad things... Are, I mean, the, the whole Shireen storyline in this is just kind of like... <laughs> Oh dear, this is not looking good. I mean, I remember watching the first time. I was like, "Yeah, she's fucked." I mean, she's the second that she starts, the second anyone starts planning for the future in a show like this, it's immediately kind of like you're screwed, mate. So, the second she pr- started promising to teach Davos to read the Dance of Dragons, oh, don't yeah. worry, I'll read it to you next week. It's like, oh yeah. god. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I but through all of the the Shireen thing. You know, Davos, I'd be confused. Was he just being so faithful to Stannis still that he didn't do anything? Because he he left knowing full well what was going to happen. Yeah, so he was sent away, right? He was sent away because because Stannis knew that Davos would would go fucking ballistic. And he He, kept being like, let me take Shireen. He was just to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's also, you know, I think on some level it's like, yeah, he might try and get in the way, but I honestly think on some level it's like the show needs him at the wall when John gets stabbed. Like on some level it's like quite. Right. Okay. Do you know what? Like, they just have to lay the tracks yeah. a bit, you know, and the yeah, Stannis sure, stuff, you know, yeah, Stannis yeah. does get killed by the end of the season. His wife dies. So Davos can't be around there because he would just not survive. So that's something I feel a bit more aware of watching this season is a, a bit more moving people into place in a way that earlier in the show, it just felt quite normal and natural. I think as it feels a bit more like you can see the pieces moving more. Um, yeah. But maybe that's just because we know where it goes. Like we know yeah. Davos is instrumental to John coming back in season six. Um, yeah. True. Um, but I thought, I mean, it was bleak as fuck, but I thought the whole, the scene... Of, of Shireen uh, on the stake was exquisitely made. It was it was really wretched to watch again. It didn't feel any easier. It was Melisandre seemed really creepy. There was that great shot of yeah. her kind of just appearing um, as from the peer you peering from Shireen. She was walking towards, saw the stake, and then Melisandre just appears, and it was like, uh oh fuck. And that was the moment Shireen knew what was going on. But it was just like I thought Kerry. Uh, the young girl who plays plays yeah. plays Shireen did it really well. You know, she had just that she's nice amazing, 
nice innocent. Oh, just off on a nice little trot around with me. Got my wooden stag in my hand. Uh, yeah, what's, yeah. My dad ask, what's my dad asking to do? I've said I'll do anything the, for him. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a thought the park. Worst part, you know. The worst part is when she's like, look, I just want to help. Like, what do you need me to do? Like, if it makes you happier, I'll do it. And it's like, mate, you're literally convincing him to burn you alive. You don't realise. I know. Uh, Stephen Delane plays an absolute blinder, though. I mean, he... Yeah. You feel his conflict. You... You know, it's everything in in that scene is is just fucking miserable and just but just done brilliantly. The, even the extras watching, you know, it must have been a real tough shoot. I can imagine that being a really grim shoot. Yeah, um, I mean, the screaming is just unbearable. I mean, I knew yeah. it was coming, and I found it mm. unbearable. Uh, it's just where you can I, I just, you can you can hear the change in the screams when the when the flames yeah. meet her. You know, oh my like, god, oh. that's so true. You can because obviously it cuts away. We don't see it, but, but as said from the intonation, you can go, "Oh, she's on fire now." Yeah, like yeah. the moment yeah. when it's not just fire around her, and that is so grim. But I think what was really exciting when I first watched this was again, this is something that's not in the books yet, and to see the show doing big swings. Uh, and doing these big it was really shocking because I kept thinking he's going to break he's going to break he's going to save his daughter that's what this is leading to but no like he had more his wife even sort of it's Celise isn't it his wife even she sort of goes oh I'm having second thoughts and collapses and she's the one that's the fanatic Lord of Light follower yeah he's kind of like overtaking her on the loony side yeah Stannis she dies she dies in the next episode, right? She kills herself, doesn't she? She kills herself off screen. Um, that's oh yes, yeah, that's right. Which I think um, is so interesting. Again, in a kind of like we don't know what to do with her, or like just yeah, just have a die off screen. I mean, it's fine. It seems to make sense, but you also think yeah. Well, it's, I think it's just yeah. it completely just ends the whole Baratheon bloodline, doesn't it? With her gone. Um, and then she yeah. kills herself and then Stannis goes, it's just like, it's like a neat little, ties it in a bow. Okay, it's the, it like, does, right, yeah. Everything's it. there's, no one ling- there's no one lingering around who actually may have a, a claim. This is it's- like a bit, um, a bit presumptuous of me to be like, here's what they should have done. But I do feel like, I, I really think Stannis was such a good character. I really wish he had taken on Ramsay this season, one, and then next season is like, shit, Stannis is like kind of taken over the castle. He wants to go south. John and Sansa having to deal with him. I thought that would be really interesting. I think Ramsay yeah. continuing to be like the villain is just doesn't interest me that much. Um, well, given the, yeah, given the choice between Stannis being and seeing Stephen Delane for another, another 10 episodes would have been great. Yeah, yeah would have been kind good. of descending yeah. into his absolute madness. Uh, what is uh, what is you know the, at what cost is it is, is, that's his whole exactly. thing isn't it very Shakespearean isn't it oh yeah yeah and so, oh man Stephen Delane what a guy I'd we should also talk him. about the um, oh you should, wait to so say that again I said I'd love to interview Stephen Delane never got chance uh, I can imagine him being absolutely terrified yeah he never did um, never did the show. He refused. He just didn't. He didn't do any press. He just doesn't do any press. Just doesn't give a shit. It's like wow. I don't, I'm sure he does give a shit, but he never did any press for Game of Thrones. I don't think he even went to any of the premieres. It's, wow. it's like you've got. 
he, I think he's just genuinely because I remember to, I think you know and I'm not naming any names or but I remember he did the he did the Sky Atlantic series which was the remake of the of the bridge but it was called the tunnel with Clements Posey. Um, yes, I remember Sky that. Atlantic, yeah. just I think maybe the year after Stannis died, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think he even did any press for that. I think he's just genuinely. It's a bit like Sean Bean, I think, in the sense where you look at him, you go, my God, he must really kind of like study his craft and kind of like mm. live that roles. And I think he's just the complete opposite. I think he's like Brian Cox, where he's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I get it. I learn my lines. I stand up. I read my lines. Yeah. I go home. You know. Um, and there's a certain generation of actors that sort of see the more you explain the job, the less impactful or effective it is. The yeah, job exactly. is to do the job and go home. Yeah. And also, I don't think in the same way as Sean Bean, I can't see them at a comic con relishing the prospect of like 500 people queuing up for, for you know, yeah. that, that, I don't yeah. think the fandom makes much sense to him. So, yeah, I think but I was, right. I was, I, right. I would have loved, I would have loved to have just chatted to him because, but I think, I suspect it would have been, we had, and you're right, it's a generational thing. We had, Mark Addy came on for the final ever episode of Thronecast. Lovely fella. Fucking loved being uh, King Robert. Absolutely loved <laughs> yeah, it. Loved the whole thing. But he was very, still very kind of perplexed by the whole thing as well. He was kind of like, he was like, I've, I've barely, I'd, I've watched a few. I'll watch it. I had fun. I can remember having a laugh with Lena. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was a fucking good crack, you know. You know, and, and, uh, but to tell you the truth, Jamie, I've, uh, I've uh, I've not paid much attention to it the past ten years. It's yeah. done well, hasn't it? You know, it's a bit like that. It's like, yeah, fuck, it's, it's done all right. It doesn't, um, yeah, I mean, he must yeah, have only he, been he in six like, episodes, something, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was kind of like I can, I can barely, you know, it's like, oh, what, what, what were you thinking about Robert? It's like, was he? What was his surname again? It's like <laughs> Baratheon. Baratheon, that were it. That were it. Baratheon. That's so funny. Couldn't remember, you know, it's, but it great. But you know, played it really well. And it's the same thing. It's a generational thing. It's like I think so. To just rock up and rock up and have a and have a crack. It's a bit like Samuel L. Jackson. I imagine it's a, Samuel L. Jackson is a bit like that around Star Wars, around Marvel, around Pulp Fiction, around all these kind of like iconic parts he's played. It's like yeah, he's a Kyle. Sure. What was it? Twenty five, seventy. Yeah, vaguely remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's that kind of thing. Anyway, um, we digress. Uh, should we just take let, a quick break and then we'll carry on because uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on to talk about Arya and Daenerys and all and all of that lot. But uh, we're just going to take a very quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's important. This is how we get paid about three p. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, welcome back to Dragoncast episode 29, uh, talking about season 5, episode 9 of our Game of Thrones rewatch, Dance of the Dragons. Where were we? Where were we? Where were we, Chris? We've done the north. Done the north. Uh, north is done. I think we should go south and talk about dawn. <laughs> oh, it's like I, I, I said this episode was bleak, and I meant for many reasons. Um, this really has not improved at all. This whole thing. Yeah. What was the? I've written here. Ask Chris why yeah. on earth this this is even here what what is the purpose of this storyline other than to maybe so, i can maybe Mars, marcella death perhaps well, kind of it yeah okay so we do have to talk about the books a little bit to answer and the, okay. basically they had to adapt this storyline for the show and in doing so they got rid of the two characters in the dornish storyline that are actually interesting oh. <laughs> And in the books, it's all about... Every, well, in, in both the book and the show, it's like, okay, what is Oberyn Martell's family? How do they react to him dying like in season yeah. four? And I think the show, they've tried to sort of smooth it down to be like a very basic revenge story. They want revenge, but they shouldn't because they should play politics. And, and that's kind of what we watch happen. Ilaria wants revenge. She, in this episode relents and says no yeah uh, next episode i think they poison marcella as as retribution she does it brilliantly she, she she has the poison on her lips doesn't she yeah the sort of with a, a lips some sort of lipstick or i don't know mm. which comes back that's how Sally ends up killing her daughter in the final season or in season seven so that's yeah. going to show that it's just it's just really basic they, they want revenge they don't get it and i think in the book, it's far more about, like, first of all, like, there's just more characters and they're just better written. But in the books, um, it is, to, to be fair, like, if you've spent three books reading about Arya and Brienne and Sansa and Cersei, you do spend, like, a lot of the book reading about all these new people. And it, it had a similar response sometimes. People kind of felt like, oh, who are all these people and what's going on? The key yeah. difference, though, is that in the books, they're secretly planning to marry into the Targaryens and help the Targaryens come back to Westeros and take over. So there's like a really okay, exciting, right. like, okay. so um, Doran Martel, who's the, 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 the ruler of the house, his son has gone over to try and marry Daenerys. So he's gone over to Marine and right, he okay. does succeed. And it's just really exciting when you read it. You're like, oh shit, she's actually got allies in... Westeros, and they're really formidable. Right. They're really good warriors. And instead, we just have you know what the show did was they were like, we should probably have Jamie and Bron go over there. So we've got a familiar face among all the new people. 
which I think was a, a, a good idea. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what it, nothing's happening. I, I watched it and thought, I, it just seems like too many characters. None of them are really the focus. Um, the Sand Snakes are None just None of them are particularly interesting. No, I don't think yeah. so. It's so flattened. It's so flattened. to, And I think the girls, the Sand Snakes, of which there are three, or even just from this episode, I can tell that they, on the show, they responded so intensely to the criticism of the treatment of women in Game of Thrones that they've got these three, like, sassy... Gal Friday kind of spear-toting babes, and it's like... With agency and, yeah, all of that. Right, yeah. and it's just so far the other way that it's honestly like, it's... I'm going to be rude here and say it's the sort of acting that I imagine you get in, like, porn set in Westeros. Like... I imagine, you, he says, never you know, having just watched any Game <laughs> of Thrones porn. Come on. Well, not the ones with women in it, I can assure you. Um... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just so wooden and it's like there's just no texture to anything. Yeah, and I feel bad for them because I'm sure, you know, what Jessica, who was one of the Sand Snakes, who Henwick. came on Game of came on Throne, yeah, came on Game of Thrones. She's done brilliantly. You know? She's, she's in the new she's Matrix flourished. film. She's in the Matrix, Matrix film. She's in Star Wars. She was in, you know, she's she's done tons of stuff. Um so it's not acting talent. I just think you're right, it was a bit is it is an opportunity to level out the criticism a little bit but just just it wasn't it's not it's fine it's not dawn is not um uh this series's finest hour by any stretch of the imagination we we luckily we missed the uh the pussy episode that was the previous one yeah and it's in real test you know because part of me thought well look if they're going to go over there and do the locations they're investing in shooting out there like they have to just play it out they can't but then at the start of season six the first episode of season six Elaria Sand kills Doran Martel and says, like, we will not listen to men anymore. And it's like, I'm sorry, you kill <laughs> kill the ruler of 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 Dawn. What, what? Like, it's so stupid. It's so Now what? The show yeah. the sh- exactly. And she doesn't do anything until the end of season six when her and Elena Terrell and the Greyjoys join Daenerys. You know, they have that whole thing mm. at the end of season six. It's great. But yeah. you're like Game of Thrones did get to this point and I think the Red Wedding sort of tipped over where they were like, everything needs to be a big what the fuck moment and so you get a glimpse of this already, like with the way they bump off Marcella, which is sort of like ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, just, it does get a bit a bit soap opera isn't it? Yeah. A bit, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the seat, the, the shoot, the location is incredible. Um, the palaces and, and everything. I think Seville that they shot um, some yeah. of Dawn in. Yeah. And that uh, Tristan Martel, who I mentioned last week, th- that guy is Florence Pugh's brother. Ah, yes, I remember you saying. There we go. Who uh, just gave remember, up acting. Can't remember his name. I think he's now a musician. But he gets press. He gets he does bits and pieces here and there. Um, uh, play to him. So, yeah, I didn't love Dawn. I, I think the next episode where they sort of tie it all up, where they go on the boat back to Westeros, I don't like. Uh, it's just a shame because I think it's really cool and I think it's just hard, you know, adapting. At this point when you're adapting this kind of stuff for the show, it's you can't just do what they've been doing seasons one to four and no, put it on the screen. You have to make big changes. I'm trying to work out from a tonal point of view, I wonder if it's in there just because the rest is so bleak we've got you know 
whether it is just a bit of kind of like let's just put a bit something a little bit tally ho in there yeah. just to break up even from a visual point of view the, the coloring is so different it's bright it's yellow it's golden it's reds everything yeah. else is blue gray and brown you know just i think just maybe who knows um, maybe. because I, I think also like if they daren't include it right can you imagine if they just cut the whole thing you could have removed the whole whole of dawn yeah I could have just so. taken it out oberin could have popped up we never really needed to see where he came from it was just a nice or you have Daenerys meeting them in season six and they're like yeah we want revenge against the Lannisters too like you could actually just yeah they're given so little in this season that I think you don't need to build up to the eventual meeting and also in season yeah. seven they get taken off the map really fucking quickly we then um popped over to bravos yeah and um I do I do like this it's it feels I don't know whether it's because the reason I don't like Dawn is just the way that they shoot um the sunshine and the and the hot kind of thing. Mm. I just maybe it's just a personal taste preference. I like the bleakness of of Westeros rather than the opulence of the palaces and stuff like that. Maybe mm. it's a bit of that because because I do like Bravos and I like um I like this storyline. I liked, I like Arya's journey. So we're at the stage now in Arya's journey to becoming a faceless person, um, where she's she's got to decide. She's you know it's all about can she become no one, and and this is the episode where she realizes that she can't or she can't yet. That's right. Just, just yeah. by as if by chance, as if by magic, shows you what a what. And it is ain't Westeros small. Um, she's just <laughs> I just about to just about to have um, have a conversation with the um, the oyster guy on the harbour where she's got to kill him, and lo and behold, Merrin fucking Trant pops up. Our friend of the show, um, Merrin Trant pops up. Now, does that happen in the books? Is that a bit of no. a coincidence? No, it's this a bit is like- adapted. Adapted. Um, she kills a deserter from the Night's Watch instead, who oh, okay. in the books is going on a journey with Sam and Gilly and the uh, old man, the Maester Ta- Master, Master Aemon. Aemon. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all leave the wall and Sam goes to Bravos on the way to Old Town, where he ends up going in season six. It's quicker to take a boat, basically. Gotcha. So they stop off at Bravos, and the Night's Watch recruiter that comes with them breaks his vows, shags prostitutes, gets drunk, and Arya kills okay. him for sort of like retribution, which is kind of okay. Well, actually, cool. actually, this then is is quite a good addition, quite a good Much better, I change. Think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I can't so- remember. I can't remember what she, her, and Merrin Trant. Does she just know him as being in the King's Guard? No, didn't was... Merrin Trant kill um uh killed the, the guy who taught her to sword fight? Oh shit, yeah. of course. Sirio Pharrell. Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Sirio Pharrell. Right, yeah. right. Sorry. That completely uh, so he I was knew on... he was important, but Yeah, yeah, he was on her list. Um mm. so Merrin Trant was part of the King's Guard when right. um when they took it, grabbed people from um Winterfell. Wasn't it? No, King's King's Land. When they went, yeah, yeah, they, oh, sorry, they killed the, yeah, was, the Starks that's and right. stuff, right? They wiped yeah, the Starks out. A bit tits up. And um, it's a really good I, change, I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed 
the scene, you know, I mean, he, he hated talking about the fact that he was playing an horrible nonce, but he did it. He was such a good actor. He played it so mm. well. And they, I think um, it's that's really interesting, though. They they have to give her an even bigger reason to want to wipe him out, which is that he's a pedo. And did we not know that already? No, we didn't, did we? He just I don't think so. Because I just thought the way that he kept saying too old, too old. I was like, okay, this is, this is yeah. getting very very dicey. But getting I think that's yeah. you know up the ante, and they make it out as it's actually a moral duty to kill him because he's a monster. But I kind of would love the stakes to have almost been a bit lower and for him to have... He doesn't have to be molesting children for her to want to kill him. But I suppose it does drive... I mean, people are in danger as long as he's alive. So she's obviously driven to do that. And yeah, I love that. So him and um, Mace Terrell are over to get a loan or to get more money from the bank. Um, So we got to see Mark. I love that Tyrell guy. He plays such a divvy, kind of like bumbling... Uh, yeah, it's a really good character. Actually, he's been in loads. To, if any of people that aren't in the UK, the actor that plays him has been in like tons of like British rom coms and sitcoms, and he's like one of a kind of our classic character actors that just pops mm. up playing similar kind of roles. I'm sure he was probably in Four Weddings and a Funeral somewhere. Yeah, yeah kind of, he um, kind of often does stuff like Julia Davis stuff. In '99, wasn't he? And um, yeah. I think he was one of her other shows. The thing I really loved about it is they were saying. Oh, you know, some men get their hands chopped off. And he goes, oh, that'll be terrible business for the Glovers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a, it's, it's just a, such Mark, good dialogue. Like, Mark Gatiss. And- just, yeah. It's the first, is this the first time we see Mark Gatiss as the, as the banker? No, we see Maybe. him in season four because um, Stannis tries to get a loan off them. That's it. Yeah, Stannis goes over um, and he sort of is like... We're not in the risk. And we're not in the in the business of hedging bets. I think is all. I love the Iron Bank because it's it really does kind of bring home the economics of war quite well. Yeah, and yeah. and also shows that it, you know, it, is there anyone that isn't in debt to the bank? The Tyrells are they are they independently wealthy or are the they, Tyrells are fine? Everybody- yeah, the Crown is in a lot of debt. Uh, the yeah. other, I think, I don't think like the Northerners. I think most places are quite self-sufficient, but the uh, the the crown is in debt to them. Stannis is in debt to them, um, yeah. and so they're sort of this is why they're trying to go- negotiate better. Maybe we can sell you some more of our wine from the Reach. And uh, but it's funny, isn't it? Even even in this sort of period, you know, capitalism. It's like the the people with the money are the ones that will fuck you over because they'll. Yeah. I think the sort so the of Tyrell, things- so the Tyrell fella isn't there on behalf of the Tyrells. Then he's on behalf of the Crown. He's that's on right. everyone behalf of the crown. He's master of coin. Yeah, yeah that's right. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, but, you know, Mace Terrell, like, he's barely in it. We don't really spend any time with him as a character. He's literally, he could be a generic um, messenger. Do you know what I mean? Like, they just did it because yeah. they've got your man on the payroll. They thought, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Um, but he'd have gone as, as there to represent um, King's Landing. And I, I think the Bravos stuff generally is... Is, I agree with you. I think it's so good. But I think the reason is we've got a character to follow through, like Arya. We see it through her eyes. Yeah. But it's outside. There's loads of different people from all walks of life. And I just feel like we've already got such a rich sense of this culture from two episodes because we're out on the streets. Yeah, we're true. seeing the yeah, yeah, architecture. Yeah. Whereas with, with Dawn, it's just a load of people in a palace. And I don't really know. You know, I, and I find all this stuff interesting. I'm like, 
what do the cities look like? What yeah, no, that's what is going point. on? Yeah. Like you know, that's why I always like. That's why I liked it in House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, yeah. we saw a lot of flea bottom and 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 the kind of the the perimeters of of of, of uh, King's Landing. You know, it, yeah, that that was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, Bravos has been really good. I don't like where it does go, where the other assassin comes in, who's got the severe haircut. <laughs> Your Terminator I don't like any assassin. Of that. Yeah, the Terminator yeah. one. But we have an inherent problem in drama, like whether it's on cinema or on television, is that we just cannot get past, and we no one's really come up with a better solution than the final boss level mm-hmm. scene. You know, it happens in every single superhero. It's always an angry single person who wants to destroy everything or it's someone it's a vengeful character it's your yeah. it's your nemesis it's the nemesis thing and that's and this is the nemesis you know with Daenerys it ends up being the the, the Thanos I just want to destroy everything yeah and with this one it's the nemesis thing no one's really come up with a better enemy than that and and no. the problem with having that nemesis is that it's the same with the mountain and the hound it's the same you know it's, is that all you start l- leaning towards is a final showdown and yeah. which is just boring because you kind of i'm not really that interested in watching fights it's, it doesn't really interest me as a as a visual spectacle it's kind of like well no. okay i reckon I reckon Arya's going to win because I know that she's going to be around. You know, they're not going to yeah. not going to kill Arya. I do think so. um, I, I didn't like it at the time, but the season six that that final you know chase through Bravos, I like because Arya kind of kills her in the dark, doesn't she? Do you remember she sort of cut? She oh yeah, it was it's actually lungs, done. It? It's done yeah. quite. And I think at the time I was like. What a cop out. And I think when we go to rewatch it, I think we'll both be like, oh, this is actually quite weird. And yeah, yeah. the way she smears blood on the walls to lead her in, I think it's actually quite good. But yeah, there's the, the bit that it has that I hate is the, oh my God, I've just uh, fallen onto a crate of oranges and oranges are falling down the stairs. You know, it's just like, yeah. why? Do, it's like the Fast and the Furious films. They always drive through a fucking van full of oranges. It's just like. Yeah. <laughs> Something out of yeah, Mr. Bean no, or something. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I still do love Jack and Nick R. He he knows at this point that she's when she she bullshits him about oh the the guy wasn't there today tomorrow he's a bit like yeah. okay whatever you say let's I'll humor you um, and it's kind of almost a test. I like the fact that it's like okay you are supposed to kill one person and this temptation has come your way and this is a real test of whether you stick to the job. Um, yeah. It feels, yeah, I didn't think I liked this storyline as much previously, but I I like it. I think it works. We lead towards the, uh, the climax of the, um, of the episode, uh, which we're over in Marine. Um, yeah. The fucking sons of the harpy who... I, I had to really actually weird. Google like who they were because I was like, "What is the problem just again?" Some with kind this? of insurgent, insurgent rebellion yeah. within. They're all the. Um, they're all the former noblemen that reject her ruling marine, and yeah. they're trying so to they're, kill yeah. her. Yeah, this actually speaks uh, to what you just said about like superhero films and all the big big IP always has to end with a big fight. 
and I thought the stuff in Colosseum and before the, before Drogon got there, I was like, oh, this is so boring. But also, they're all just faceless threats. There's no yeah. there's no character there that's really compelling. Um, the problem the problem with the problem with enemies that wear masks like that, where they're not expressive masks, is that mm. the only way of of conveying any type of thing is by massively overacting. Yeah, so you've got all these people <laughs> wearing these like solid gold masks. And they're just behaving like, they're not moving like normal humans move. Everything's kind yeah. of like... Yeah, oh, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no one moves. You're in a fucking battle with spears. You don't kind of go... Yeah. Stop. It's so it's, it's Amram, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh my God. That, your physical... But that's the, I can see why they have to do it. because really they're wearing that. fucking stupid masks. I'll tell you um, what I don't get, though. No, I'll tell you what I don't get is when they all start hissing when they, when they come out of the crowd. Did you... Was that yeah. just, was that the soundtrack or did they all start making some... They all started hissing, I think. I think it was like... like See that? Very weird. <laughs> what are the themes of this episode? Like you said, you know, the, the title's Dance of Dragons doesn't really relate to the theme, the, theme, the theme of the episode, but what is it? Is it betrayal? Is it treachery? Is it trust no one? I think it's like, sacrifice. It's seems like a big sacrifice like a big thing to me like what are you willing to give up in pursuit of yeah of power of peace like stannis has literally burnt his daughter alive because he thinks that's the only yeah. way daenerys is Arya willing to sacrifice her list yeah exactly is she willing to let go of the anger that has sort of been the only constant in her life in yeah. order to become nothing and actually is becoming nothing it's the classic thing of like you can get blackout drunk or you can deal with your feelings but yeah covering them up doesn't make them go away it just covers them up and that's kind of what yeah, i think yeah, she's yeah. going through and i think the other thing is i mean we haven't spent any time with daenerys um but she's married that guy that, that she was sat next to she married a nobleman oh shit the guy from um, horrible from histories yeah yeah um joel's joel's someone isn't he yeah. so she's married into he's a nobleman he's from a rich family she's married into him because the sons of the harpy said that would stop the violence and she doesn't want to. She's in love with Daria Naharis. And she also knows yeah. that she can't go to Westeros as a foreigner, in air quotes, and yeah. and be married to someone from Essos and then yeah. conquer. She needs to be single to marry into a rich family. So she's had to sacrifice a lot to get peace. Are they and in Essos? Also... Have, I got, have, I got, have I got my places confused? That Essos? Yeah, yeah. Do, uh, Marine oh, is shit. Essos. Sorry, not Marine. Sorry, my mistake. Don't write. Well, no, no. Essos is the continent. Oh, Marines so within have, Essos. Yeah, yeah. So you have Westeros and then Essos is east. And that's where Pentos, Dor uh, Pentos, yeah. Marine, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of those places are. Everywhere I never was any good at ge geography. Yeah. Don't worry. That's the only two major, major continents in this, uh, in the story. Uh, but yeah, it, I think sacrifice is a big one. And I think what are people willing to do to get what they want? Um, even when she leaves on the Drogon, it's kind of like, it feels like she's embraced the dragon at the expense yeah. of her political career because she's left that place in an even worse situation because she's fucked off. Yeah, um, and she, um, and she did a runner with, uh, with them, <laughs> left them all in the, you've, <laughs> there's that great line from, uh, Smash! You've left me in the fucking shit. It's like she just sods off and does a runner. It, it, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bit of a, and I think because she's so focused, you know, a dragon got a few arrows to the neck, and she's sort of like, shit, I need to look after him. 
Um, and I thought, like, you know, seeing her, like, enjoying him torching the sons of the happy, I saw a lot of, like, where she ends up in the show, which is, I've tried to be nice, I've tried to be good, and people mm. don't love me. Like, I'm going to have to just I burn just them all. fucking... Yeah. Um, the Jorah... Again... The Jorah thing was pretty good. You know, it's just him worming his way back in. Is that him in for good now? Is he now a good guy? They touched, they no. held hands. She I can't sends remember him if he away gets again. again. She sends him away oh. again to go and get his grace healed. Oh, that was right. But yeah, you can understand that. You know, he's come back. She's let her ex-boyfriend back, but he's got the clap. So she's she's gone, you can go and get some cream for that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll take okay. you back. But, you know, for us, because we're watching a few episodes, like, we've only just seen him get binned off two weeks ago. So a lot of that is, lot, you know, it's like, oh, God. Like, yeah, we've not, we've, not, we've not felt his pain, have we? No. Um, um, and but, Grey Worm uh, yeah. is injured, still injured from the death of Sir Barristan yeah. Stelmy. So, that, so that's that episode why Grey four. Worm around. So this now, yeah. five episodes later. Now, did Jacob have another job booked, do we think? Is that why he's not around? Did he do... Was this not when he recorded? This may have been when he did Bloodsport. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was around maybe. that time he had his big hit. Yeah. I can't imagine that. I, I, or maybe it was just written like that. I don't know. You can't. I can't imagine Jacob have gone. Look, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, mm. I can't. I can't. I just can't film. You know. It's weird though, isn't someone it? That would because... do that? Would it be like literally like a visa, like, you know, something as stupid as like his Esther had expired and he couldn't get back out there? Because for me, like, I remember the scene set pictures leaking that showed Tyrion joined Daenerys and Grey Worm wasn't there. So I was like, oh, he's going to get killed this season. And yeah. I interviewed him at the time for shortlist and I was like, you you know, I heard you're not in some of the I, big... I yeah, he didn't have any any scenes with Peter Dinklage in season five and he was like, I, I, I think I've got some with him in season six, so... I'm looking forward to that. I was like, ooh, it's exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought actually what I liked, you know, when there was like, um, they were all escaping from the Sons and the Harpy in the Coliseum, like Missande and Tyrion and Jorah. And there was a good little gang, actually. I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. appreciate yeah, it. it was. Thought, oh, yeah, she's actually got a good little gang here. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a precursor to House of the Dragon here. We saw Sir Drogon arrives, who look who looks so small, so small. But, yeah, I was like, it, yeah. Oh, look at little baby Drogon. Um, dreadful CGI in one shot where he first appears, like really, really bad. I know. It was so bad. Yeah, it got better in later on. Um, but is this was this the first example that we'd seen as as fans of Game of Thrones of the of the rider creating that link between rider and dragon? We saw Aegon. Uh, doing it with Vagar in the in House of the yeah. Dragon. Yeah, um, I think it's probably the first time. Yeah, this was that moment, wasn't it? Because Drogon was quite cross with her at first, but she held her ground, and it was oh, that similar yeah. kind of like we've got a yeah. we've got a pair Bluetooth here, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right. We've not seen her. You know, in in House of the Dragon, they have a much better understanding of like claiming the like bonding with the dragon, as you said. How to do it? Yeah. And with Daenerys, you know, she ostensibly like gave birth to them, like she hatched the eggs with that fire, but she never actually yeah. earned 
them in a sense and that's you know they've all been a bit rabid haven't they two of them are still locked in the pyramid i think yeah, yeah and drogon yeah. all this season has been avoid you know sort of flying away from her or not so she's never you know. really taken control of them she's fed them. yeah i've no, I never but thought that's of that it. that's a really good point we've never seen yeah. her actually but this is the thing is she's so out of the loop on her customs of her family or like but it doesn't do. exist does it you know it's, it's just exactly. maybe that's but ties into it was a big a, reading about it that, that actually a big moment. got all of the knowledge yeah i know and now you know i don't know what they're going to do with those books now she's on fire. Them out. But there's two, we haven't really gone into more detail about that House of the Dragon um, references. There was two, wasn't there? One that yes. she said was that someone polished his shield so it much that it Sir looked like Byron, a mirror. Sir Byron Swan. Swan. Yeah, who I don't know who that is. And used it to kind of blind the dragon or like... Or make the dragon hide. think it was looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, that which was, sounds was, like something out of like King Arthur, doesn't it? Like... Um, it sounds not true. <laughs> I think, yeah. And then and then we've just got Rhaenyra and her half-brother, Aegon. Yeah. Um, brother turned on brother, sister turned on sister, and it brought the yeah. family down, which we kind of, we could have told you, we could have said that was going to happen. We knew that was going to happen. But she sort of says that, like, I think I think um, Stannis says that, like, who would you have backed, like, Rhaenyra or Aegon? And she said, neither, because... The whole problem is choosing one over the other. Like, it, no one wins. They should have reconciled. And I thought, that is really interesting because that's, that's what we're going to see as the dragon, that this is not about yeah. supporting one team over the other. It's that they're never going to, I presume, never going to come together and unite and it's going to tear the whole thing apart. Um, True. It's really interesting. True. And then... Interesting that they just mentioned that, you know. Yeah, no, it is. Um but not quite the spoilery, the same spoilery ones that we saw Joffrey, um, we heard from Joffrey earlier on. Yeah, so I'm, and that's the same thing, right? Joffrey said that Aegon fed Rhaenyra to his dragon in that episode. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this was just a bit more... Uh, it was a bit more vague. Because we said at the time, I think, we talked about what does that mean for Rhaenyra? And I said... Wouldn't it be cool if they were like, well, that's what the history book says, but that's not what happened. Well, it shows it shows that actually it's that Dance of the Dragons, the book is more of a, some of it's fables, because if you believe yeah. that fucking Mr. Swan polished a mirror to defeat a dragon, yeah, get over yourselves. But that, you know, so how much, so if you don't believe, if someone's written that, then who's to say that uh, Rhaenyra was yeah. fed to a dragon? You know, well, if Shireen had kept reading, it would have said, oh, and it, uh, this uh, account of it was written by uh, Balon's wife, who said yeah. he, he was really fit as well when he died, and he, he just looks great, yeah. and he had a massive dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he sounds a great guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, good ep. Good, lots going really on. Good. Lots to chat about. Enjoyed really that. Really enjoyed that. Um, I think next episode is also amazing, isn't it? Isn't the next episode supposed yeah. to be really good? We're into uh, episode 10 of season five, which is um, poor Jon Snow. Never going to be seeing him. Never going to see him again. Oh, yeah. We didn't yes, talk so. about him, but we just had a brief, brief sight of him saying he failed. He felt like he failed the yeah. wildlings. He's failed his brothers. Yeah. Oliver wasn't happy with him. Yeah. Oh, that was sick of that it. little And it ain't going to get any better for him next week. That's for sure. Um, um, though at least he gets to get his head down for a bit. Indeed. Bit of House of the Dragon news. Exciting. Yes. Uh, 
So I, I saw on some accounts that Matt Smith was at some former... He loves a Comic-Con, doesn't he, Matt Smith? Oh, yeah. um, was it was it a little signing thing and said to someone he's received all of his scripts for season two of House of the Dragon and shooting is starting in less than a month. Because <gasps> it was supposed to be March and they said it might have to be April. Like the yeah, filming. So it is, it is then, April. Yeah. And so I also saw one site reporting time. June 2024 as premiere. Yeah. Which is the... Just which is strange. Yeah. Six, but it's it's, it's, you only have to look at how shit the dragon stuff looked in this episode to see why they're obviously having to put more money into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, fair enough. And, you know, if it's if we're, if we're going to see, we'll probably see even more of the dragons this time. Um, so, mm. yeah, I get I don't it. think it's, it's going to just... go on more than four seasons, you know. No, I don't either. I'd, I'd, I think four, three. 18 months apart, four seasons seems to me... I just think with succession ending after four as well, it's like the thing to do is to go in with right intention, go in, commit to it, get out rather than let's do this as long as we can. I think it's, I get the impression as well. I think it's a smaller story in terms of like this, then this, then this. It's it's one single war. Yeah. Yeah, It's one single war between two sides rather than multiple wars between from multiple threats between multiple families. Yeah. Mm. Um, has there? I mean, yeah, get in, get out. That's the, that's what it's all about. I mean, has, has there been? I can't think of an example where a series has been open ended and still successfully managed to weasel its way out of it. I don't think. I can't think that there has been. No, I think uh, also now you just you know, it's Stranger Things is a great example. Like that show has been on for like seven years, and the cast get more yeah. money every year. The budgets go up, the expectations go up. It's just yeah. unsustainable, and I think that couldn't go. Well, on the return longer. stops. It stops. It, there's only one place that Stranger Things can go. You know, yeah. it, it probably, you know, it arguably reached its peak season three. Stranger yeah. Things, in terms of in terms of public interest, in terms of the cool factor, in terms of the zeitgeist, it just seems to be dragging. It seems to be fucking dragging, doesn't it? Dragging That's on. Sure. This is it because the, you know one of the reasons I stopped watching that show though was that every season it felt like the same thing was happening where it's like the same threat the it's same like, oh, everything's scale. okay oh no there's a some tentacles appearing in a, a fucking demagogue shed. and i think i've yeah. just fucking watched this like so yeah anyway yeah. well the, the nemesis factor yeah uh okay wonderful stuff uh apologies uh, as ever there are always apologies in this podcast i forgot to published the OA episodes one and two last week that is coming out this Thursday I'm really sorry parts part two episodes one and two is out this week we are going to record OA episodes three and four uh and Mm -hmm. that will come out next week so just apologies we're a week behind um but you know what tough that's for a refund (laughs) uh what's the rest of your week look like Chris Joe I've actually got quite a quiet week um I just reviewed this um documentary i probably can't talk about it yet because of embargoes i'll next week oh. it's documentary What's that i about? fucking hated okay. i don't know if i can say i've probably said too much i reviewed this documentary though i fucking hated it and i'd love to get into why next week um okay. so i've been watching that and i did this does thing it involve sn- does it involve snow no oh good it's no. not that one phew because I share an agent um, with that one. It could have been awkward. It 
is one of those things where I actually watched it twice to make sure I wasn't just in a bad mood when I watched it, and I wasn't. It's it's not done. Oh, I love that. Right. Isn't it a it's gift when you watch something to... that you absolutely really hate that you've got a review? It's just a yeah, game. I think so. But also, it's like you know. I, I see what they're doing and I don't think it works. I'm going to just walk people through. I think sometimes people think that all you do for a living is like shit on things. And it's not true. It's like yeah. if you are going to do a documentary about this subject in this year, you don't do it like this. That's all I'll say. Yeah, well, that's fair. The point. other thing I would say, yeah, not, not in terms of what I'm up to this week, but um, I saw the new Creed film, Creed 3. Good. Did you enjoy Loved it? it. Loved it. I actually oh, watched good. it a few weeks ago because I was supposed to interview Michael B. Jordan and it fell through. That sometimes happens. Oh, man. Um, so I had to go and see it like of an afternoon uh, in in central London. And it's really good. I thought the oh, second fair. one was a bit of a mess. I do love a good mess. boxing film. Yeah. I thought the second Creed was a bit of a mess. Um, first one I loved. This one is back to, yeah, back to business. And it's got Jonathan Majors in it who is in the new Ant-Man film. He is yep. the sort of like, he's like the next Adam Driver, basically. He's like a Juilliard they're trained both, actor. They've both just gone viral, haven't they? For their, have you seen the viral clip of them staring at a lady's backside? No. Respectfully or not? Yeah, kind of, yeah. They were, they, they, were, they, were, they were at the junket uh, and a very nice woman was interviewing them. They got along great, like really interesting interview. And they obviously both thought she looked, <sighs> quite fine she got up and walked off and just both of them like it was it was delightful choreography both of them just went oh my god i'm gonna look like, that independent up I... in, without without either of them noticing just kind of like just did the, just did the ass check just did the oh my god. god i wonder how many i wonder how many people have done that to me when i've left those junkets um countless, no one counts no one. your wagon your wagon is well ridden <laughs> it's fat as a pancake <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay gang thanks so much for listening um oh hang on a sec someone did email in sorry oh, guys yeah. sorry guys let, let me just uh i can't remember if it was just praise if it is it's getting read out straight away yeah please um, i hope they're not mean let's get very nervous about people saying mean things let's about me have a look uh second of march here we go um from george hanselman hey george thank you very much for writing in uh, to dragoncast at daftdoris.com um Hi, Jamie. Hi, Chris. I've loved listening to your rewatch thoughts. I've just recently re finished rewatching the whole show and I'm excited Whoa. to hear your thoughts on future episodes. Just finished your hard home episode. And in regards to the White Walkers and Dragonfire that Chris mentioned regarding story rules and things like that, we yes. love a bit of a clarification. So thank you very much. In The Door, which was episode five of season six, we see yes. the Night King and the White Walkers suppress a ring of fire outside the Three-Eyed Ravens place that Bran is in whereas their undead followers can't get past the fire. I took that as foreshadowing that if they met the dragons, that the fire wouldn't work on the walkers directly. Love stuff like that. Sometimes yeah. only noticeable on a rewatch. Thanks again for the podcast. Hope you're both well. We Interesting. Well. Thanks, George. Yeah, we are. Thanks so much for that. But also in Hardhome, we saw one of the walkers kind of jump through some fire as well, right? Yeah, and not only jump through the fire, but the fire kind of... Parted. Oh, fuck this, let's get out of here. Yeah, it kind of parted. And that must like be because they're so cold. Like, yeah. the, the temperature around them is so low that the fire doesn't burn or something. Yeah. Okay, that's good. To, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I appreciate good that. Good knowledge. Thank you, George. Um, appreciate that. 
So that's uh, the idea of doing a whole, a whole rewatch. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there have been weeks where I thought, man, should we have done it? But then, no. It would have, ta- it Just, would have taken... Well, we would have only been on... We'd have only been, like, somewhere at the beginning of season three, maybe, by now. Which would have so we've been. done three a season, and we're, well, I'm four, so when we're on season five, so that's 15, six episodes. We'd be halfway through season two. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not down with that. I'm not <laughs> down with that. I have to say, that would have been quite hard. <clears throat> um, people already looking ahead to season six. How on earth can we choose just three episodes? Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, that was from Julia. Thanks, Julia. Ronnie uh, going to saying, "Hey, like your revisits. Just a note: you do remember you did four episodes of season four and very worthwhile. But also the night pose." Oh, they're saying the night pose, the night king pose, reviving the dead. Take a look at the Undertaker. They nicked it straight from him. That's true. Oh. <laughs> Wait, do you think all of the White Walkers are actually based on wrestlers? <laughs> based on WWE legends? Yeah, I think it. I think it probably is. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. We are heading off now. Thank you so much. We will speak to you next week about Game of Thrones season five, episode ten, which is called. Oh my god. Um, er, er, What's it bloody called? Uh, oh, goodness me. Hold on a second. I have to say, just while you look that up, I've been looking yeah. at seasons. I think it's going to be really hard to do three. And I think it might oh, be... Oh, don't you start. I think it might be really hard to yeah, do this four. Is, you've, hang on a sec. Every, every <laughs> time you've gone, oh, it's going to be really tough. I can't remember if it's season five is going to be hard. Season six is always going to be really season hard. Season five and now has you say, been hard. Season six. Yeah, well, we've picked three great episodes, or the listeners did. So, we have. Uh, yeah. So, Mother's Mercy is the one next week. Yes. Uh, which is which is uh, the name of the? I think that's the poison that the faceless men give people. I think. Yeah. Puts. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it is. Yes, that's right. Or is it? The, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's talk about that next week. We'll we'll do a bit of a debrief about season six, but there is a lot that happens. Um, but you know. I'm sure listeners will agree with me. Chris has been Chris has been slagging off season six for quite some time. So I have, but I'm looking through it let's now. Let's see how he s- defends it. <laughs> let's see how he defends it. I'm Negative just saying. Uni. No, I'm looking forward to it. I think this would, this all looks. There's a lot to talk about. It looks in pretty solid. Six. There is. Yeah, there is. Okay. Um, guys, have yourselves a great week. Uh, OA episodes, part two, episodes one and two out later on this week. Uh, until then, Dracaris, Chris. Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at dragoncast underscore pod or email dragoncast at daftdoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for Dragoncast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. Dragoncast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel, and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkar.